The views and opinions expressed on the Poor Ass Podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BME Recovery Content Productions. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. And on that note, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I have a new website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes. That's www.poraspodcast.com. So if you hear vcomedy.com, that is the old website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes and enjoy the show thanks for listening thanks for supporting bye welcome to poor ass podcast the show that talks about tough shit on a budget with your host veronica porus Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Poor Ass Podcast, the podcast where we talk about living sustainably on a budget. Today's guest is my friend in recovery, Vans. And we also did a play, a recovery play together where I played Lois W., who was the wife of the um, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, and Lois W. was the uh, found, co-founder of Al-Anon Family Groups, and we did a recovery play um, based on the um, history and founding of how Alcoholics Anonymous got started, and Lois, uh, about like 20 years before the founding of Al-Anon, was pretty active in the early years of AA. Um, AA's founding and um, so that was the play and we uh, became Facebook friends and we've been in contact ever since so I wanted her on so we were talking we were talking about emotional boundaries and Vans just has a really incredible recovery story and the process of recovery of more will be revealed and and the uncovering of the onion. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Like, like what brought you into the recovery rooms, Vans? So um, thank you. Thank you, Ro, for having me. Um, there's so many things, I guess. I would say, like, um, one of my cousins actually came in before me. And so I went to go listen to her story. <laughs> but, you know, my psychiatrist many years ago told me, I think you have a problem and you should go. And I never went to meetings or anything like that. But um, I went to listen to her story. And I kind of 
just started there, but I didn't like officially stay. I was in and out for years, you know, for about four years. And then, um, you know, went through some different experiences and then ended up, they talk about the gift of desperation. I had that, you know, and ended up coming back. And uh, how much do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, I'm 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 curious I'm curious about like um what were the barriers that were were that was um that were preventing you from living a sober life like the biggest obstacles um so definitely, you know, was in and out of the rooms and they kept telling me that men are my drug, you know, or different things like that. Um, I knew I needed to stop, but I just didn't know how to do it. And my regular thing was going clubbing, you know, being with family, doing all these kind of things where nobody's sober, right? And um, it was different. And then I had like my share of 5150s. So <laughs> coming in and out of the hospital, uh, something might be wrong. No, <laughs> just kidding. And so, <laughs> so I had to experience those different things. And I, and I think too was denial. Denial was so big and I didn't even understand what it meant to be sober, you know, or to not drink. And I was in a lot of pain, too, because I had lost a lot of people, you know. So I had a lot of grief. And um, this time around, I had a lot of PTSD from it. <clears throat> an assault that was not good. And an experience with the ex that wasn't good, you know. So they say, you know, it takes what it takes. And, like, I kept coming in and out and in and out. Um, but this time I stayed. What did you think about the the um, spiritual or the God part of of the steps? And you know, I've been in I've been in recovery for sixteen years, and that I would say that was probably like top, the very top reason and the difficulty newcomers have entering the rooms is the whole God thing, thinking it's religious and and we're going to force you to believe in a certain thing or it's a cult and what what were what was your first impression when people were talking about like turning it over to a higher higher power actually that was not a problem for me because uh growing up catholic i went to youth group as a teenager and like that was my first attempt at suicide and i prayed god help me <laughs> and the pills were expired <laughs> so I <laughs> had some kind of spiritual experience, I guess, then. And then, you know, got into college and stuff like that. So, and then I got baptized actually in a Christian church in 2009. So my, my belief and my faith in a higher power, um, that was okay. And actually somebody guiding me through the steps. And when they did step two, you know, came to believe a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity, they had me write out the characteristics of what my higher power looks like. I think the biggest thing for me was turning my will over. Like, what does that mean? You know, and people used to tell me, pray for the willingness, the, the willingness to be willing. And I was like, what does that mean? 
you know, but uh, I was willing <laughs> when I came back. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I, I've, I've heard it taught, like said, uh, God of, the God of your not understanding, if, like, if I said that right, because, like, like, that's been my experience, like, I don't, I don't get you. But like every time that I have it, it it's working. And, and I come like I, I as a person who've been who has been affected by someone else's drinking and drugging. Um, I was going I'm, I'm going to this other 12 step that talks about childhood trauma. And so like that perspective is that as children um, being abused in dysfunctional or alcoholic homes, like your your higher power is those of your parents. And so my my God, because I viewed the adults, I'm I'm a small, like a small little person. Here's these huge people, <laughs> these huge scary, scary people, mm-hmm. and my dad with a big loud voice, and my mom has a big loud voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I guess that's God, just like that abuses. And so of course, and like, you know, I grew up in alcohol alcoholism for the first 26 years of of my life. And then that's when I found 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 the rooms. And then and so that has definitely shaped just how I viewed a higher power, like punishing and it's my fault. And I'm um, a gaslighting, like God, like, oh, you're crazy. And I was always doubting myself, like <laughs> ignored red flags when I was um, dating, um, yeah. how I treated in the workplace, like how I treated my managers were um, people that I needed to rebel against. And after doing inventories on my place or how I acted in the workplace, it's like, oh, in some in some situations or in a lot of situations, like, oh, here's a manager just doing their best. And and yeah. the more I saw them as them doing their best, like really looking at like did they really try to dick me over or are they just trying to do their best? In a lot of situations, they were just doing their best. And then the more insight that I looked at, at that, I've actually saw like, oh, my managers are putting up with a lot of shit from their, from their uppers. And, and I'm just making it worse. <laughs> so, um, so that was like, you know, the spiritual awakening in, in the workplace. Um, how would you describe your, your spiritual awakening, like when it first happened? I, one clear memory of a spiritual awakening was like when I worked the fourth step and, um, did the fifth step with a sponsor, um, that I remember. And I, I was in so much pain and all this weight lifted and I was like dancing and singing (laughs) you know after I was done and we did it for a really long time and I talked to her and it was just like it was such a special experience and I was like on fire you know and not everybody has that burning bush kind of like quote experience but I did and then like it's like I wanted to do that but um I don't know it takes what it takes I mean the first time I got into the rooms I had that psych ward visit and (laughs) bad relationship you know breakup 
<laughs> or incidents, you know? So, um, I would say that that, that time when I did the fifth step, it really like things changed. I had that psychic change. How has your um, psychic change helped you with your emotional connections? Well, I could be present today. That's for sure. Um, I always felt like I was thinking so much about the future or dwelling on the past and like I couldn't be in the moment. I didn't have any mindfulness at all of what is going on. And I can actually recognize my feelings because like I would ignore red flags. I would ignore my intuition, you know, when I knew things were not safe for me to be around or people were not safe for me to be around and I didn't give a crap. I just did what I needed to do. And today, like, I can honor that, you know, and I have emotional connections with great friends that are genuine and real, you know, and I would never change that for anything because we can, and I have people that can keep me accountable when I get into my head too much, you know, so I don't know, it's, I feel like I'm going through a lot of that emotional process right now. Yeah. Do you- Do you ever, did you ever think that when, back when you were actively drinking, that the emotional connections that, that you, that you thought you were getting emotional connections, but the alcohol was getting in, in the way, like, I think it's genuine, but there's a lot of booze in me. Like, I don't even know if it might be real, like... (laughs) Man, I would have all kinds of conversations. I remember I would be drunk outside the club having a conversation with a homeless person. And I thought it was so deep. I thought I was so deep. I mean, uh, you know, and, and maybe I had some of them, but when it gets so, you know, foggy, it, it's just like, mm. I don't know, the realness of people, like I could see it today. You know what I'm saying? I can see who my real friends are and who my true friends are today. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of true true friends, I came across Well, this kind of leads into emotional emotional boundaries and and sobriety and emotional sobriety and emotional boundaries. And uh I follow there's this one fo- a podcast that I follow follow uh real ghost stories. And it's a husband and wife, and they have awesome chemistry. It, it, and it's pretty new too, only like a couple couple of years. And they were still doing the podcast even during pandemic. And um, and in the podcast, they they would talk a little bit about like their pandemic um, experience. Um, like we call you know in the U.S. and uh, we call. Um, like frontline workers, essential mm-hmm. workers, and they're in the UK and Ireland, and then they call their essential workers key key workers. So they would all like you know some episodes that would do like a okay key worker shout out goes to the EMTs of our or like something like that. They'll do that and they'll do ghost stories like too, and it's at, and it's people submit their ghost stories. And, um, they have, they built like quite a following in such a, such a short time. Mm-hmm. I really love it. The, the wife has a really awesome narration, like voice, she, like she has the voice of like story, storytelling. And then her husband, um, it's uh, Emma and Dan husband and wife podcast. 
team and then Dan, the husband, and this is in the podcast, like people could listen into it. So in, in the podcast, he's such, he's the scaredy cat. And so, <laughs> and so his wife, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so every time, like right before Emma tells a story, she's like, Dan, are you ready? And he says, no, I'm not. And then, but she tells it anyway. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So it's so cute. And um, in the podcast, like they did say that, you know, Dan is a high risk individual. So they were keeping safe. And then suddenly I get a post on my feed and I and I and I go to their Instagram page and it says that Dan passed away. The the husband passed away like suddenly. And Mm -hmm. in the post, they did say to everyone, like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't contact Emma. I think it was I mean, it's written in the third person. I don't know if Emma posted it, but it doesn't matter. Like in the post, it said, like, uh, please respect Emma's privacy. Don't contact her Mm -hmm. during this time. And so I haven't seen any new episodes of the podcast. I don't know what's going to happen to the podcast. And uh, I'm still trying to keep like catch up. There's so many episodes I haven't listened to, but it's um, so and and the post is up and the post does allow you to comment. It wasn't Amen. turned off comments like you're not. So people it was like thousands of comments on this post. Like, okay. I'm so sorry. I posted. I'm so sorry. And, um, that was probably, that probably, that was probably a month, a month ago or a couple, couple of weeks ago. And so now, uh, a new post like, like mm-hmm. was posted and I'm like, Oh, cool. Like what's up? And so I go to the post and it's from, and it's from the wife. And again, she has to, she made the announcement that she's like, I took off all my personal social medias. You guys keep emailing me. Stop emailing me. Uh, my grief isn't your grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already suffering enough. And that just really like sparked like an idea that I would like to talk to you about emotional boundaries. Like, yeah, I don't know these people. They just do. I just know them as podcast people that I listen and, and follow. And that's not and that's not it. But it's like it's, you know, the podcast is so good. Like you think like they're my friends. <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like, like this cognitive dissonance of like, like mm. they're real people. There's a, the downside of being a, a public persona is like, yeah, you have an effect, you have an effect on people, right? but like they, you don't know, I don't know these people. So I, you know, I just commented once went on with my day, but then she's getting like inundated with yeah. all these messages of grief and like, I get the sentiment, but at the same time, you don't know this person and like, unless you do, but obviously you, you don't. And, you know, I, I mean, this is what people in the public have to do on a daily basis, like boundaries, like no one's, no one's business, even more so like, you know, if you're a civilian. Yeah. So taking it down a notch at the civilian level, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, what has your experience been with emotional boundaries of dealing with people who think they know you, but they don't? I mean, wherever you go, there you are, you know. Um, I've had people, like, cross really, really serious boundaries to where I needed to get a restraining order. (laughs) Um. 
in the sense of just people in general, I think that's why I'm selective of who I talk to and who I'm around. Um, I like my privacy. You know, I think that's like I had opportunities to do the acting thing and be in the public eye many years ago. But I like my privacy and I didn't want to have to deal with all that stuff. So, I mean, um, more power to those who are there and have to experience that. Hopefully they have the support and, um, you know, maybe a public relations person or somebody to help with that area. Um, I, I like to be more private, I think. And, um, there are sometimes a lot of people who don't know you. I mean, I was homecoming queen in 1997. There was 2,500 people in our school. Uh, a lot of them knew me, but I didn't know a lot of them, you know, but I had my good friends that I was close to. And, um, at that time, I was just like, do I want to be popular or do I want to want realness, you know, and I didn't want that popularity, you know, and um, seeking that kind of public life. Because I think there comes a big responsibility with it, you know, being in the public eye. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in high school, there's this one guy, oh, my crush, like my high school crush. Oh, he was so hot. And (laughs) I I viewed him as part of the popular like crew. He he was an athlete. He was part of the drama crew. Um, he did later on become like you know go to L.A. He's a musician, actor. Yeah. And um, we did reconnect at our ten year anniversary, and since then, well. Since then, we were we kept in touch. Not not so much any anymore, um, but at the time we kept in touch. And and this was and when I was doing a lot of shows, I was doing comedy, and I was actually go, I would go to L.A. ever so often, and I I stayed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed with him. So the first time I stayed with him, I'm in my early 30s. We're like at the same age. And we got to have a conversation. I had to had the chance to have a conversation with him talking about high school. And I asked him, like, did you know that I liked you? He's like, yeah, but oh, my God, I was so messed up. And, you know, I got to hear his side of things. And um, he he grew up in an alcoholic home, the same as me. But just how we experienced being affected was different. Like he was a jock and an athlete. And I was like a nerd with a couple of friends and, but we, we both had the alcoholic home experience. And so like, you know, we were both like suffering in our own way, but you know, when you're 18 (laughs) or like high school, seven, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. It was like 16, 17, 18. And like that, I, I didn't, all I saw was popularity and I really want, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I wanted to be popular and come to find like, you know, 15 years later, it's like, it was fucking bullshit. And then he even said, it's like, uh, yeah. he's like, and I, uh, <laughs> when he, when I was like, did you know that I liked you? And he's like, yeah, Oh God, it's, I was sleeping with everyone. And <laughs> you're like, you know what? If you were, if you were still a virgin during that time, like good, like wait. And, he, I, I mean, he was telling me like, like it, it was 
it was the best thing. Like he never made a move. Like, yeah, he, he never made a move on me in high school. And he was like, good thing I didn't like, you wouldn't want to (laughs) mess with me like back then. Yeah. But like, so now that we're in, we end up, we did end up hooking up like some, a little time after, after that. So (laughs) that was fun. It's like, like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like (laughs) (laughs) my high school crush. Yeah. Yeah. It's so different now. Um, but, but like, it's, it's just, it was just like how that story like came full circle that I got to hear his perspective, like, like, yeah, like we were both suffering in our own, in our own way, man. And it mass manifested like differently. Yeah. That's nice that you had that experience. That's so funny. That kind of reminds me of mine. Uh, <laughs> what was yours? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a high school crush, um, but I didn't know what I know today, but it's different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I obsessed on this person and actually it was so funny because we went to a dance together uh junior year my junior year he was a senior and uh and then he went to college at San Luis Obispo with my cousin so I would see him here and there and there was like opportunities and I think I was a drunken mess when I hooked up with him one time because I I I was just so drunk and sloppy (laughs) I mean, I think he stopped talking to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I would, too. I'm just kidding, but, um, I mean, we're still, like, okay, and he's a Facebook friend right now, and I'm happy he's happily married and all that stuff, but um, I always played hard to get when I liked someone, you know, and to the point where they didn't know I liked them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) But anyway, so that was kind of that, like, um, that situation. We had seen each other again in, our, I think, our 20s. And then his actual, actually, one of his good friends is married to my cousin's cousin. So it's like everything's connected, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I said How- it. Uh-huh. Oh, my sister was um, teasing because I said if I went back that way, it would only be because of him. <laughs> but <laughs> just kidding. Um, going going back to um, emotional emotional connections, um, how has that affected your your dating? Like for me, I'm I'm demisexual, and that has been a journey a journey, and that that came out like I did an inventory on my um uh sexuality and so and this was before a certain book that that came out that talked about um intimacy and alcoholic relationships Mm -hmm. so that was before that book but I'm going through my I'm like I'm doing the inventory and and I'm also doing like research um like what am I feeling and it's like I I knew about asexual so I look up asexual and the definition and I was like, not quite. And then I came across another definition in urban dictionary of all places. And, and I looked up, I don't, well, I didn't Google 
demisexual because that didn't enter my my lexicon of of mm-hmm. of sexual or, orientations. I just knew I just knew at the time it was like gay, straight, um, lesbian, um, bi, uh, asexual. Like that. Those were the only ones that I was like like aware of. Right. And I and I. I maybe poly- polyamorous, like maybe that came, like came in. Yeah. But in my in my research, I think I came across this other word in Ur- Urban Dictionary, demisexual. I was like, what's that? So I click on that hyperlink, and that took me to a, like another page. And then I'm reading the definition of demisexual. Yeah. And it said, and it said like, like it's not like it's like the halfway point between sexual and and asexual where the primary connection is emo- emotional connection an, emo- an an emotional connection um needs to happen before before a sexual connection have like in order for me to have sex i have to have like an emotional connection with you which which blew my mind and it totally makes sense now because I could never do one night stands. And, and I've talked to other friends who talk about their one night stands and, and they're straight cis women. And, and I, at the time I did identify as straight, but it was a different type of straight. Like I like dudes and I like Dick. I prefer that, but it's just like how to get to Dick. It was just like this long, <laughs> right long path curves detours and it's like i and this isn't like it's not wrong i felt something was wrong with me but nothing is wrong with me but at the time i'm living in this construct paradigm of like these are your choices if you not in that choice (laughs) yeah whatever you're a loser like like you know that was it but it's it's taken me and it still takes me daily to not think anything is wrong with me. It's just like, oh, this is how I am. So so now I get the re- now I get the definition. I'm reading the definitions like, oh my god, this is me and I hate categories. I hate categories. <laughs> and labels. Don't put me in a category. Right. I don't like labels, but right. like I needed one. <laughs> I needed one just to like, mm-hmm. you know, so I could get more information. Right. And so that just like like that just answered a lot lot of my questions and now I'm feeling like I'm the only okay here's a definition where are the other demisexuals and then <laughs> I found out we got we have our own flag we have our the, the, we have the demisexual flag and the colors are black gray purple and I'm like oh my god we have a flag so yeah. I like my flag Nice. And, but I hate categories. <laughs> but I, <laughs> There's so many flags. How cute. I, yeah, so many flags. And uh-huh. and um feeling like the only one. I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. And then and um so okay, emotional connections and and dating and yeah. and in more inventory and in more inventory I discover like uh I'm probably going to get in, need more than one emotional boyfriend. Like I, like I, I see myself having a pri- a primary, uh-huh. but I, my mm-hmm. emotional needs will, I would need another emo- n- emotional boyfriend, but I don't, I don't know when, I don't know if it's like right away, but right. I just know like, okay, like this is what, this is what Ver- Veronica needs. And and it's like, who mm-hmm. I may mean, talk about turning it over. Like in my brain, I was like, who's going to agree to that? 
who is going to agree uh, to to that? You're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you were the one who told me about Demi. So I didn't even know what that meant to be demisexual (laughs) a long time ago. Remember, we're walking in San Francisco. I think you mentioned it before we're going to... uh, eat dinner and then I never knew what it was so I looked it up and like of course I've had you know when I was drunk and stupor I had many one night stands and even in sobriety I've had some but I'm seeing now that I have to have that emotional connection because I don't just want to sleep around with people and it's different but Mm -hmm. uh, it was interesting that you brought up the poly thing because that would be something totally new for me (laughs) <laughs> but I've thought about it <laughs> but I'm like is it going to be all complicated because I know how I am you know there's like so many factors like dating is so hard and I don't want to use apps <laughs> I'd rather Same. you know I'd rather Same. meet organically and like know the person and stuff mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I, I, another revelation I, I don't know if you feel the same way but it, it, it's like every time I would be on the app it would it would stress me out mm-hmm. it would just stress stress yep. me out and then the more I, I come to understand like my own sexuality and and like my needs mm-hmm. it's like whoever are pro- whoever's programming these apps it's it's really more coming from like a heteronormative viewpoint. Yeah. And I don't know what a demisexual app dating app would look like. (laughs) (laughs) Like I remember, I I remember reading about like cuddle parties Oh wow! And like cuddle, like no sex takes place at these cuddle parties, but it's a, it's like a bunch of people that who go to that go to a house, a host hosts it, and <laughs> these cuddle parties, and you cuddle with strangers. Oh wow! And I'm reading the F, I'm reading the FAQ, and one of the questions is like, what if I get a hard on, and and then the answer is like, it's perfectly, it it's okay, it's perfectly natural. Um, don't just don't dry hump. And like, let the person know. Let them know. Sorry, hi. I have a hard on. I have a hard on right now. Just stand a little yeah. bit further from me. <laughs> yeah. Like, let the person know. Uh-huh. And 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 like breathe through it. And <laughs> so it was just like all of these. And like at the cuddle party, there's a lifeguard that like kind of just roams the the room and like make sure people are safe. Oh, and I was like, that's so hot. Like that's yeah, that's right? my orgy. That that's my orgy for the demi. Se- well, for- you're right. Where's the lifeguard <laughs> in hot. the cuddle party? I'm gonna start selling cuddle parties. <laughs> I'm like I would go to that. To like that's one. my orgy. That's that's that my power exchange. <laughs> <laughs> like if there was like the demisexual version of like the power exchange in San Francisco, like I would be there. That would be awesome. I'm gonna start one. <laughs> We're gonna have so a festival. I, it's gonna be a cuddle festival. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god embrace yourself the cuddle, yeah the cuddle festival the cuddle like, festival 
Like there's the Folsom Street Fair yes. and then there's the Cuddle Festival. And the Love Fest. <laughs> Cuddle Fest. <laughs> Cuddle Fez 2023. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so funny. <laughs> we'll have to make up rules though, so nobody crosses boundaries. <laughs> yeah, lifeguards, vetting. Lifeguards, that's cute. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I don't, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like apps stresses. It stresses me out and it just makes, it's just not very conducive to like, you know, that meets my needs and the pandemic doesn't make it any different. And I wasn't like really dating, dating before, like, like either like I like when I moved here I did go on a couple of dates never went went any place and then pandemic happened mm-hmm. and it's like you know the loneliness was just like it gripped my heart even before COVID but now yeah. it's like like gripping it more but at the same time I like my solitude but then my solitude could easily go into like isolation and sometimes like yep. I don't even know it because they it feels the same mm-hmm. like what do you mean I'm not isolating I just like my solitude and it's like when's the last time you like text texted someone did you text someone I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> like I got brave I got brave and I I joined a gaming thing a game group a game an online gaming group that oh, cool. one of my comedian friends mm-hmm. like started and he posted on his Facebook like hey starting a game thing yeah and I'm like oh cool and that was it I was just didn't didn't message him didn't, message him. <laughs> didn't go any further yeah I didn't go, go any further <laughs> like that and then uh-huh. I got brave and I, I Facebook messaged him like hey are you accepting any more players in your game thing uh-huh <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, there's room. I'm like, okay, like, what do I need to do? And Aww. so it's they're on, it's on Discord. Like they chat on Discord, and then I downloaded the 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 actual game like platform. Mm-hmm. So um, my first game is this Saturday. Oh, sounds from fun. For from four to six. Nice. So for like two hours. So like signing up to that was like really stressful for me and then I went out on my first outing um mm-hmm. you know with masks I, mm-hmm. I wore my mask but no one else was we went to this food cart thing and yeah. we met up with my brother's friend um Carlos who was on the podcast like earlier he's he was a podcast like guest so check out the scam Jose episode everyone scam Jose, scam Jose. Carlos and I scam Jose. talk about Santos yeah <laughs> We talk about how scammy San Jose is. And so we met up with him mm-hmm. uh, at the food cart. And that was like, even though like this is someone that I, I, this is my first time meeting him, oh, wow. but this, but this person is more, is like my brother's friend and he always talks about him. And, and I, and that's how I met him through, through my brother and mm-hmm. and stuff. And so this is my first time meeting him in this is my first time meeting him in person. And oh, wow. so it was fun. It was fun meeting Carlos, but I was like too stressed out because people around me are just not wearing masks. Like some, some were, and, and I'm just like getting mad. 
I'm, I'm mad at people who aren't wearing masks, but I know better not to say anything, mm-hmm. but, but I'm also like stressed out. And, and so, and the, the pictures on my, on my Instagram, mm-hmm. but you see me smiling. I don't know how I manage that smile, but yeah. inside I'm just like really stressed out right. and like, okay, here I, okay, this is how I feel when I, you know, meeting a person for the first time, but we've had a conversation. I got to interview him and it's like, yeah, I'm in no condition to date. Like if I was still like stressed out, like I, like I am not relaxed. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not. So for for me to like sign up for the game, the game group is Uh like a big step for me. And like, like, yeah, I mean, like I have a very high like threshold for pain, like, Mm -hmm physical emotional like 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 pain and so that was just like another chance of my awareness Uh, my awareness it's like you know it's okay that I'm at this stage and at least I'm taking a little step to to re-socialize so how are um Mm how is that affecting you Well, <clears throat> I hear what you're saying and stuff, and I think it takes time for everyone to adjust. I've been working in a psych ward through <laughs> this whole COVID thing, and, you know, we had a few outbreaks yeah. at our facility. So, um, oh, no. yeah, so, you know, navigating through that and being able to be okay, and we did get vaccinated early, or I did. I chose to get vaccinated early, you know, in February. So, um I think for me, it's been, a, um, I think, I think in the beginning it takes time to adjust when you haven't been out much and, you know, wearing masks and stuff like that. But for me, I've gotten adjusted cause you know, I went camping this last weekend and it was, you know, I felt, I felt comfortable and stuff. So I think it's just taken time, but I mean, when we were at work, you know, being right there and, you know, you have the patients that had COVID and you had to shut down the units, you know, or they had to make sure we're wearing the proper PPE. That was very stressful. (coughs) Excuse me. And that was, you know, it was the first time I've ever spent Christmas by myself. I spent Thanksgiving by myself and I have a huge family, you know, and a lot of friends. And I really am extra. I'm so extrovert. I love being around people, but I really was not around people you know, and staying at home and adjusting to that was tough. Um, and being, being, cause this is the first time I've had my own place too. So now I have this place mm. by myself and having to get used to being comfortable in my own skin, you know? So there was a lot mm-hmm. of adjustments, I think, but, um, I'm grateful that I made it through, you know, and, I think even the situation was difficult because I had family members who had passed, you know, and, and some of them are in Brazil, so it's different, you know, out there. Mm. And, um, you know, just being able to navigate between that and then, you know, following guidelines and then where's my safety, you know, where do I feel safe? Mm -hmm. You know, took time. Um, and now I feel a little bit more comfortable because we're having a, s- some more in-person meetings and I feel okay with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
Um, I, I actually know you by your previous name. Yeah. And, and, and so I introduced you as Vans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a story <laughs> in itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did you come to your new name? Oh, wow. This journey in itself has come. I mean, I just came out of the closet, what, a couple years ago? Um, not even, you know, and I actually had mentioned it when I was 20. But uh, my mom and my aunt were like, no, you're not. But if you were, we'll love you anyways kind of thing. And so I never put anything on it. <coughs> Excuse me. But when I worked my steps the second time and I was writing the characteristics of my ideal p- partner, I thought it was going to be husband, but it was like, no, it's a person. Excuse me. So in this process, I came out and I never knew what non-binary meant until I had a friend who transitioned a few years ago, five years ago or so. And when I was applying for grad school, you know, for my clinical PsyD, um, at that time, they asked me my pronouns, and it was either she, her, or they, them. And they, them just kind of sat more with me. But And so I prefer they, them, but I'm okay with they, she, because a lot of people still see me as that. And I think it's in this process, it's taking time, and it will take time for I mean, some people may understand, they may not, I'm not worried. But um, in the main process, because as I was coming out and I talked to my psychiatrist and um, and I was like, I was thinking of changing my name. And he's like, well, what are you going to change it to? And I said, Vans, you know, V-A-N-Z. Not very far from my given name, which is Vanessa. But, you know, Vans. And then so he said it. And I was just like, Wow. It felt like home. Oh, <laughs> oh tears. Yes, stop it. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Um, and he's been so supportive in my journey because sometimes I get scared. And I'll tell you, because of yeah. those spiritual beliefs, I'm like, let me just go back in the closet. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know? so it's they're it's, really ingrained the the well i mean are they really spiritual if your belief if that framework is telling you to go back in the closet no <laughs> that sounds horrible that's, that's my own thinking that doesn't you know spiritual at no, all. it's not spiritual at all and i think it's my own mind that gets in the way um because mm. i have had different negative reactions and um you know, I, I, I'm just like, you know, I can't, I can't take those on. I can't take that stuff on, you know? Yeah. I mean, this kind of go circles back to emotional, emotional boundaries and emotional connections. And like, you know, in my recovery journey, uh, I, I went through a very significant experience where my, my teen mentorship in the 12 step fellowship that, that I'm in got revoked because I did a joke on cutting at a, at a conference oh. and it turned into a thing. It took like 200 emails and eight months to get my status back. And, wow. um, it turned out to be like the person who orchestrated 
it was a total setup, but the person who orchestrated it at the time had a lot of quote influence and Hmm. no one was able to, I mean, some people were able to see it, but it wasn't enough to turn the tide when it first happened. That's why it took eight months to get it back for people to see the truth um, of what it, what it was. So like the friends that I did have stopped being my friends, like my sponsor at the time stopped talking to me and, you know, and I've talked about this in other podcasts where, and then we, we did able to, to have a conversation where like, yeah, I really needed a sponsor during that time. And she just wasn't able to, she just wasn't able to be a sponsor. And then I did um, get another sponsor. So I found like, you know, who, who are, that was like, and I'm still finding this lesson of like, who who are the safe people? Where are the safe people? Because the people that I thought were safe turned out to be not safe anymore. Yeah. And then I found new people, like the people that I never thought would even be there, like stepped up huh. and and stepped up to the plate and like, you know, said said their 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 piece. And the people that I thought would be supportive just just wasn't. And, and that was really painful. Like my brain wants to logical fi my trauma, but if I really want to get real and sit in it, it was really, really hurtful. And the joke wasn't meant to be, to be hurtful. It was, it was meant to be like, let's find funny in a dark place. And was I successful at it? Like, no, it was my first time telling, telling, telling the joke. It had nothing to do with a particular uh, person, but like, mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah. So in that whole process of finding new people when, when the old friends can't be friends anymore, so they fade away. And that it's that, that process of finding new people is the most frustrating and painful because it's kind of like in this limbo this limbo stage of, am I going to be okay? Because at that point, it's just all you have left is your higher power. Because right. like people are always going to like fail you. And, yeah. and I mean, and yeah, yeah. It's just like not putting all my eggs in humans. And so <laughs> that process, that process was like leaning on to a power beyond my human comprehension and, and it, and it worked, you know, yeah. things did work out and changes eventually, um, in our policies when it came to removal of mentors did uh-huh. change. It took a while, but it did, it did change. And due to COVID, the person that I thought had clout, I don't hear a, about him anymore Good. at all. So I don't know if he's still around. I don't know if he got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, I don't know. So, Oh God. How are you finding safe people during this time? This is a fragile, like a fragile time for you, but it's also very exciting. I, I would, I would think coming into your authentic self, you know, how are you finding safe people? Wow. Um, I'm glad you just talked about that because like uh, I've been going to more LGBTQ plus meetings and um, I have the, it's so funny how things work out divinely. Cause like the other day I've been wanting to get a new sponsor 
And <laughs> I got hired at a job, fired, or no, I got hired at a job in two days, fired <laughs> the second day. In a matter of hour, I got fired. Uh, my old boss told me, we still want you to stay at our job. Uh, gave me a reference uh, to get support and a therapist to specialize in transgender issues. And I got connected to that person. And then my old sponsor told me, um, I don't think it's going to work out because you're talking more about transition stuff and I don't have experience with that, blah, 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 blah. We parted ways and then I got a new sponsor in a matter of an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, how That's does that happen? Fast. Right. That was like, yeah. it's so funny. Cause I had written it out like a couple days before and put it in my God box. Right. And just put it out mm -hmm. there to the universe. And, uh, that all happened. It was emotional and stuff. But, um, today I'm selective. That's why I say I'm selective of who I'm around, but it's funny how everything works out because I went camping this weekend with a young people's group and I met some people who are, you know, like me. And it was liberating, and we went swimming topless, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I will do it again. <laughs> it was oh, very liberating. It's so magical. Isn't it? How it's, magical. Right? It's just like, wow. And, you know, so I think trusting in this process um, – that's what I've learned to do, right? Just trust mm -hmm. the process and take the action. So I'm just like putting my feelers out there, trying to build the support as I go, but also being real and being who I am, you know, because I've pleased everyone else for so long, I feel like, or I wanted everyone else's approval. And it's hard to get away from that sometimes, you know? Yeah. 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 No, like, like, I'm just thinking back to my own my own experience of like I, I I've been I've been practicing this life like lifestyle of loving myself beyond human comprehension. Mm. And the more I try like even try to do that, like, you know, an affirmation card, like I write them for me, like I write myself my own love notes, like the loneliness is still there. It's always going to come, come and go, but this desperate need to like be in a relationship is, is not there for, for today. And it's less, less, not really, it doesn't take up a lot of my space in my brain. Like, like where, like find, like finding a man, it's not, there and, and and you know there's another facebook group that i'm in for ladies who don't have kids and um and i i know some people that are that are on it on it too but like just being in a digital group with i think that group is like 800 people maybe it's more mm -hmm. you know a thousand other people nice. who who don't either they can't have kids don't want kids yeah it's it's a group that and and we share memes we share memes of like haha parents <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun yeah <laughs> i probably could so use that like group <laughs> <laughs> you know we joke uh -huh. but you know sometimes it does get serious like a person would post and they're getting flack 
from family. Like, why aren't you married? Why aren't you having kids? And right. it's hard. I mean, it is hard. It is, it is, it is hard. I'm, I'm really blessed. Like uh-huh. that I had, you know, I had a mom who didn't, didn't do those pressures. And this is huge. Like I come, I, I come from a Mexican like her- like heritage yeah. where traditionally Mexican women you had babies and you got and you got married. Yeah. And and my mom was raised like Catholic. Yeah. Like my and my grandma was like really Catholic and my dad comes from a Catholic friendly like yeah. but they didn't I mean like still like we like and so like they were really inundated with like the Catholic dogma and, and even though they, they don't go to church or whatever, it's still in you. Yeah. It's still in you. And, and I was, and I still experienced those, like the, the spiritual abuse, like from that, that paradigm, but somehow maybe it was like the sign of the times, but my mom was in her twenties when first wave feminism came, like the pill came out, Roe versus Wade, Mm -hmm. like came Mm -hmm. out and and women's lib, all Mm -hmm. that, all Mm -hmm. that. And maybe out of that, a little idea came out and, and I have a sister, so she has two daughters. So (laughs) a little idea came out of that. And maybe my mom was like, Mm -hmm. maybe marriage isn't that important. So the little idea and, and like passed on that little idea along with the alcoholism and, and all that stuff. But that one little idea was, was piggybacking with hmm. a bunch of other stuff. And even in all that, like my mom never like pressured myself or, or my sister to like, you know, get, get married like it wasn't it wasn't just like a it wasn't a thing it wasn't yeah like like they wanted us to go to school like school was very important yeah that's huge yeah I think that's like really significant especially like if you know if you're a brown female yeah I know especially to encourage you to go to school that's cool I know it's interesting yeah how is your family like so treated <laughs> treated you with the whole or do they or 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 do they with having kids and getting married <laughs> okay <laughs> this is funny because uh, i'm the third of five and on my mom's side there's like 23 first grandchildren there's 17 on my dad's side you know counting the five of us and then like 20 plus great-grandchildren. So there's kids everywhere, and there's family everywhere. So I have tons of nieces and nephews and stuff, you know, and um, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of children. But um, (laughs) when I came out to my dad, (laughs) he's like, I knew it. (laughs) But I was at (laughs) – but it was funny, the stuff he says, but I'll I'll just keep him out of it because anyway, so he knew it. But then, like (laughs) – when it come to me coming out and, um, you know, raising kids and stuff, I know we have different views and I love my dad with all my heart, but we agreed to disagree. And, um, you know, so like, it's like hard because I, I'm at a place that, you know, 
I'm 41 now. I want kids, you know, but I can't have kids. I don't think, you know, and, um, I don't know. I think they're open. I don't feel pressure because we have so many kids around. And if I want to watch kids, I could, (laughs) 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 but, um, I don't know. It's difficult. So there's, you know, there's not a lot of the pressure, but I grew up with the Brazilian Portuguese Chinese culture and stuff. So like, and the Catholic upbringing. So it's like, you know, there's tons and they're still multiplying. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't feel pressure. I, before when I thought, okay, if I had stayed, if I was straight, I would have been married by now. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I met that person mm-hmm. many, many years ago who would have been that one, but I I wasn't, you know? That's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So it changed. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how that person tried to find me after 12 years of not talking. Oh, wow. Wow. That was, that was hard, yeah. Oh. How'd that happen? Oh, um, they found me on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's like, LinkedIn. They found me on LinkedIn and then they may messaged me like, do you remember me? Like, how could I not remember you? You were like, we considered each other soulmates. Oh. Yeah, but it was crushing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the- do, do you still talk to the person? No, because I told, because he's still married. Oh, oh, oh yes and so that would be emotional <laughs> infidelity and like just by talking to him and not knowing that at first and then finding out after and stuff and the way he was talking to me is like he you know you would always love me and you would you'd love me and my kids and all kinds of stuff and it was just like whoa this is too much and my sponsor like that's emotional infidelity I don't want anything to do with that you know and I know how he is because I don't think physically he would cheat and stuff like that, but, and he's very Christian, so he would stay with her. So, you know, I, it's just, uh, you know, we're not there, not talking. I'm just letting Mm -hmm. it be. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, if everything was meant to be, it'll be how it's going to, but I know, and that's why I know what it's like to be treated well, because he treated me like a queen, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's been hard to be with anyone else, kind of. <laughs> Life yeah. is funny. Yeah, it is. I uh, um I recently had a dream about this guy I dated in my early 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 twenties, and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it it was one of those things where um. You know, he he did say he was he was an alcoholic and talk about ignoring red flags. But I'm also 23. I don't know if that means anything, but it's just <laughs> that that was before I got into uh-huh. gotten gotten to recovery. And at the time, like I didn't have tools on how to walk away from a relationship that was like, yeah, you have no business being there, because I that wasn't the example. Right. That wasn't the example that was presented mm-hmm. to me. So. I kept partic- I kept participating mm. as they say. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it was like like 3 years, so 23 from 23 to 25 no, 6. 
Yeah, three years. Three years of back and forth, like, bullshit. And I thought back and forth was, like, normal. It was so normalized. Like, looking back and I'm like, wow, back and forth is horrible. Yeah. So it's still, I mean, maybe it still is normalized, but at the time it was, like, like, yeah, it's so normalized. And and, um, it ended badly. Um, I definitely had a part a part in it um and did it but didn't know how to process that hurt and I was like processing it on social media mm-hmm. and I don't recommend that <laughs> and uh, the person the person that connected me to him um uh saw the post and mm. she didn't like that and her husband didn't like it and as yeah like that as they should Cause it's like, I didn't know how to process process and it yeah. was horrible. And I don't know if they ever told him like I was posting that, that stuff, but, um, but I definitely have a perspective. I, I have a perspective on what happens, what, on what happened on my side. And he definitely has a perspective and, um, I'll just leave it at that. But, but, um, you know, talk about closure. I had closure on, on a dream, like talking to like, like people from your past yeah. that circle, circle back. And I, I've never like, I haven't dreamed about him in like over 10 years. So right. now it's been like 10, 10 years. He, yeah. he is in my inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, so got to process that in my inventory, but it popped up. And, and so in the dream, I, I'm at his wedding and I'm at, I'm at his wedding and wow. we're friends. Uh-huh. We're not friends in real life, but we're friends in the dream. Mm-hmm. And this, this was my first time seeing him in 10 years. So his, me going to his wedding is the first time we're going to see each other. <laughs> and I was like excited and happy. I was excited. I was happy for him. Yeah. And, and so and and so 10 years have passed. I find I find out and his brother's the best man. He's giving the toast. His parents are there, but I find out his parents are also divorced, but he had a falling out with his mom, so that's why his mom wasn't at the wedding. But then at the <laughs> at the last minute she shows she shows up and they rec- reconcile at his right, wedding. Right. And I find out that his brother has divorced the person who introduced us and and as part of the toast he says he's like um uh, i hope i hope you two stay longer married than me (laughs) and i was like oh okay and that's how i found out that they got divorced i'm like oh my god they got divorced so then it's it's like meet meet and greet the bride and the and and the bride knows me because the person that I, I was, that I dated, like told her about me. So that's how the bride knew about me. Right. And so she knew I was coming and she was like, so happy to see me. She's like, Oh my God, you know, my husband has said so many things about you and, and, and we hug and she has like this gorgeous gown, like Mm -hmm. this beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous gown. And then, um, after I hug her, I stand in line for the groom and and then it's my turn and I see him and we embrace and I'm like, I'm so happy for you. You look really good. Like he looked healthy. He looked handsome. He looked happy. 
and and then and then I see the person who who introduced us and, and it's like we still hate each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like we I'm like, okay, I guess we still don't like each other. So she ignores me the entire time that I'm there. Mm. And so and then I wake up. And then I was like, and then I'm just moved to like find him on, on Facebook and I found him <laughs> on Facebook. You did. And then, yeah, I found him on Facebook and there he is with, um, and it's wedding pictures wow. and it's him with his new wife. Uh-huh. And I knew he got married. I knew he got married in 2010 ish, Yeah. but this is a totally different person. Right. This is wife, like wife number two, the, I as far as I know, I mean, mm-hmm. fa- according to Facebook, it's wife, it's wife number two. Uh-huh. But I'm looking at the wife. I'm looking at their wedding pictures. And I was like, that's the dress. That's the same dress that I dreamt. How crazy. And I've seen, isn't it? Wow. I've seen so many wedding dresses. Like sometimes I'll buy like, like wedding magazines and yeah, so I can just too. like look at the dresses. I know. I saved and- the pictures of the ones I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. And I've seen so many wedding, but this was specific, like like the style, the design, wow. just how, how it flowed. I'm like, that's no. what I dreamt. Like that's I've never never seen her before, and I thought I blocked him already, but I guess I didn't. I don't know. So hmm. I'm like, oh my god, there he is, and he looked exactly how he looked in my dream: happy, healthy, smiling. And, and I even looked like more further, yeah, more further down. It's like, oh yeah, he did get married like prior back in 2010. I guess he's not married to that woman anymore. So this is like totally new, new bride. But it was just so trippy. I'm like, that's the dress. That's the dress that I dreamt of. I'm like, okay, I don't need to see your profile anymore. So I blocked him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You blocked him. You're funny. It's so so it's so crazy how things like that happen. I mean, because that one, the one that I considered, I would have been with. We met at Disneyland on grad night on Space Mountain line. (laughs) It was so funny. It was so cute. And then he tagged along with my friend and I because he separated from his friends. And he asked, and he was from Oakland. I was from Antioch, so it was funny Mm -hmm. um, that we Mm -hmm. lived so close to each other and stuff, and like. He went to UC Berkeley. He decided he had a choice between USC and UC Berkeley. And I went to SF State, so he decided Berkeley to be closer. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> he accepted me and all my crazy. Like, I would lay on the street to get my way. Like, I was just insane, you know? <laughs> Such a brat. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. It's kind of funny though because there's that part of me that was like, I'm willing to wait for the right person. You know, I wanted to sow my wild oats before I settled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've sowed them pretty good. <laughs> I, that's kind of weird. I'm like, do demis ever sow oats? I don't know. Cause like my experience hasn't like physical experience hasn't been that, that much. I've only slept with like one, two, two people. Yeah. Yeah. Two people, my entire, entire life. I've, I've kissed plenty, plenty of guys and I've done like a lot of drive through type, type relationships 
And um, I used to keep a list of all the guys that I kissed and let, like, not anymore. I lost track after like 40. <laughs> like, I lost track, like, uh, whatever. But like, like drive, drive by relationships felt really comfortable for me because it's like, or being a, an emotional mistress. Because that was really comfortable for me because mm. it was too scary to be someone's girlfriend because I would need to be present. I didn't right. know what it meant to be present or present to myself. And like the right. more present I am to myself, like right. I tr- attract more available partners, more available guys. And I've yeah. actually had that exper- experience. That's true. And, I mean, yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it did. It wasn't it wasn't a true a true match. I think the person would have been a great like like another another boyfriend, like another emotional boyfriend. He was definitely, definitely that. Uh, but the person already had a pri- a primary partner that mm-hmm. like he considered. And like in, in talking to him, like more, like more of the type of needs that I, I need for myself came up just by interacting with him. It's like, I'm oh I'm looking for a primary. I'm not looking for another um, emotional boyfriend. Like if I had another primary, if I had a primary mm-hmm. and this other person came around, it's like oh yeah yeah I'll totally talk to you. But but it was like reverse. It was the reverse for mm-hmm. it's like yeah like great 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 guy. Um, but my needs are I'm I'm. I'm in search for a prime, a primary partner. Right. And he, he wasn't, he wasn't the primary. Right. So it was like really like it was, I, okay. I would describe cause I, I don't have a lot of these experiences where like he completely understood what I was looking for. And like we walked away still respecting each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's new. That's, that's a new, new experience. <laughs> oh, I was because it was like okay. Um, I was watching this one nature nature program, and it was two oct- octopuses mating with yeah. with each other. Yeah, and then the male octopus has like a longer technical a tentacle than than the other. That's like his penis. Yeah. So they're mating. Yeah, they're mating. They're on the floorbed of the ocean, like mating. And suddenly in the middle of it, like the female just loses interest <laughs> and just floats away. I'm done. She just floats away. <laughs> and then the male octopus was like, cool. And he floats away. And that's it. <laughs> like no, no resentment, no stalking. No attachment. Nothing. <laughs> no attachment. It's like they tried. They tried. I don't know if she got pregnant anyway, but like they tried, it didn't work out. And like, they walk away still respecting each other. (laughs) Like, that's what I had with this guy. Like, that's what I had with this guy. It's like, like we tried it. Like I felt, I felt it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. I felt it was working. I got to express my needs. I'm crying throughout this whole thing. Like, by the way, because it's really hard to express, but I think just, just him, just how he is like really heard me and 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 I heard him like where 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 he's like 
like at and he heard me where I'm at and you know we both said you know I love you and and we floated away (laughs) (laughs) well it was understanding that's good you know I mean I was just thinking because I was like okay um I considered myself Demi I think more after but I don't know if I really am because I was so promiscuous and sometimes it's, you know, so I don't know, like, if there's, like, a, you know, one or the other. I don't know. I mean, I was, have you seen the docu, the documentary Asexual? I mean, I don't think it's called Asexual, but it's an no, Asexual I docu. I, it, mm-hmm. It's on Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. It's still on oh. Hulu? Or maybe it's free with commercials. No, Hulu's a sc- subscription now. Yeah, but I got to, to see the docu. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I did see it. I was able to see it. It's a documentary on a on a on asexual, and one of one of the people that they followed was like like she like I'm I, I, this is how I'm recall recalling and if I get it wrong I apologize but this is just what I remember so they followed this one woman who um identifies as asexual but she was talking about like when she was younger she had all sorts of sex like lots of sex like you know maybe promiscuous but she had a lot lot of partners but it it was never never for fulfilling it was never right. never fulfilling yeah and then it wasn't until she came into like oh i'm asexual like this entire time she she that was asexual sense. yeah that makes sense so it was so when when the integration of her asexualness came into her body mm-hmm. she was she like you know talk about liberation she was so happy hmm and and she still has relationships but it's 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 not sexual like it's not based in sex or yeah. you know sex for for connection like she has her she's a pilot she flies planes she has a pilot okay. you know she has friends okay and it was it was the integration of the as, asexual and hmm. like i've had i've had sex even as as a demis, demisexual but like those the first time, I mean, this is what what blow, blows my mind of of like why for me, this is my my truth. I'm speaking for me. All those years, I was a virgin because I didn't lose my virginity until I was 32. Mm-hmm. And and like and I, the more I got older, the more sh- like shame I would just have. Yeah. Uh, over it, I just you know it just it just you know. Uh, attacks the self-esteem the more I got older and older but I just just couldn't you know quote get it up for for just like anyone yeah and and then until I met someone like randomly and and stand up and we went out for a month and and then I I thought he would be a good boyfriend and uh turns out he couldn't like we dated for a month and then we went out one time, one of our dates, and and then th- it was that night he told me he couldn't be my boyfriend, even though he thought he could. Like, he woke up that day, like, 
saying, and this is what he told me, like saying like, yeah, I could be Veronica's boyfriend. And then by the afternoon, um, it like just, he couldn't, mm. he couldn't be my something. That hurt. And it did. It, it Like he was my first, he was the first yeah. guy I ever slept with. Right. Um, I thought he would be a good sure. like boyfriend. He seemed nice, like nice enough, but he just couldn't be my boyfriend. That just like crushed. Yeah. Like it was heart heartbreaking. Sure. And you know, talk about safe people who who came up. Like there's this one one comedian um, would call me up, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" And he took me to the movies. He took me to see um, Thor. When Thor oh, I like came that out. movie. Uh, the first one, the uh-huh. first Thor. He took me to he took me to see Thor, and he would text me like, "You doing okay?" I'm like, "No," <laughs> <laughs> but like, fuck, like people like come up and like would like carry you through those like that's like, hard. Tough, I mean, tough times. Yeah, and especially it being your first. I mean, I was young. When I started, you know, I was 15, but that first, mm-hmm. like, uh, I waited for a bit before, even though it was so young, <laughs> but then he ended <laughs> up cheating on me. And that's when my first suicide attempt was because my parents wow. were splitting up and he cheated on me and like, like that hurt me so bad, you know, and I, mm-hmm. it was hard to be with anybody for a bit and stuff too. And then. I think, yeah, it was just really difficult. Like, yeah. Yeah. But even like after, yeah, Mm -hmm. even after that, between him, the first guy I had sex with and the next guy I had sex with, it was like, uh, 20, 2011 from 2011 to, uh, 20, 2018 seven years yeah it was seven seven years between the last guy yeah the first guy and the and the last guy like a seven a seven year gap like I didn't I didn't date anyone and it wasn't like at the time it's like like maybe it was because of the first but no I'm Demi yeah I've been Demi this entire time That makes so much sense because I think, and the reason I say I would think I'm Demi is because I was doing, I had sex to escape and I wasn't even wanting to do it because I was never satisfied, you know, Mm. in those relationships. And now with the coming out part of it, um, it's all new to me. I mean, I'm even Mm. nervous because I don't know how to date. I feel like I don't even know what to do. Like if I was to be with a woman or whoever or whatever, any person, um, because I've only been with straight men. It's different, you know, and I don't know how to be and I'm scared. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's hard. Same. If When I think about it, when I think like, this is the whole, like, I think in, in my experience, like what it, what it really means to turn it over. Cause when I think about like when I, when I did the inventory and I was like, yeah, I'm going to need more than one boyfriend. Like this, 
Like there, there's womanizing, there's manizing or whatever womanizing. It's not womanizing. It's like, oh, this is what you require. Right. Like more, more than one yeah. like primary and then emotional boyfriends. Like that's what I feel it's going to work, work for me. But if I think about it, it's like, okay, like, like I'm strategizing right now and, and I could feel myself getting stressed out just like thinking about it. Yeah. So in turn and turning it over, it's like, okay, this is what came up in inventory. Just put it on your altar and go play your game. Like go wash dishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, go, you, you, you need to make dinner. Like, oh, your brother called you. He has a doctor's po- appointment. You need to pick him up. Okay. Pick up my brother. Right. Keep so like simple. that, yeah. Like that is, is, is like, Hmm. that is the turn it and over like okay yeah and, I could see that and it's kind of like being in the moment and taking care of just the basic things right now not tripping mm-hmm. over all that stuff because I can't future trip over all that stuff it's gonna just not do any good who has been your octopus <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I've told you I've told you my octopus you I don't uh we'll see we'll see let's just say there was somebody I had a crush on and this weekend was kind of like motivated I gotta be careful with that Mm -hmm. um I don't know I guess I'm waiting (laughs) we'll see (laughs) yeah she's the first girl that I really had a crush on Oh yeah, and I was worried. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Have you have you have you had like reco- like crushes in recovery? I've had I've had my fair share. Yeah, I've had. A I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do do anything. I've actually, I've met people in in recovery yeah. where where we've like like kissed, but. But those, like th- those instances, there's only like two, like two of them. It was organic, uh-huh. like it was really organic. I wasn't searching. It's just like the attraction just happened organically, and then you know it didn't turn into anything, and then like moved on with with my life. There was this one, this one interaction where. I, this is when my demisexualness saved me, I would, I would say, because this is one person that just like, like oozed, like, and it could be like a trauma response too. like, like in my, in my respective fellowship, um, yeah, generally there's not a lot of attractive men because they're all in the sister (laughs) fellowship. Yes. And so it's rare. <laughs> it's rare than 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 model person, like yeah. GQ model person, walks into the room and you're like, "Is he lost?" <laughs> you know, because it's like we're it's the sister program has all the attractive men, I and know. it's like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> so anyway, I just remember this one guy. You're funny. Oh. Oh my God. He, he was handsome. I'll tell you this one story. Like I'm in my, you know, teen mentorship, 
like meeting. We would always meet at this cafe for our meetings. Yeah. And he was, he was a fellow mentor. And, um, every time we would have these meetings, like other teen mentors in other districts would come to San Francisco at this one particular cafe. It was really fun, like meeting other mentors from other districts and to talk about teen stuff and, Mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and, and he was a new person, a new mentor that, and he came, he came to one of our meetings and, Mm -hmm. and like, here he comes and he sits down and we have the meeting and blah 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 and then he had to leave early so he leaves early he's like oh great meeting everyone okay we're like okay bye 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 and he as soon as he's out out of earshot one of the other mentors was like oh my god (laughs) like are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me serious serious and she's married. She's married. Right. She's married too. But she was like, uh-huh. she was like, like holding her breath this entire time. <laughs> like, so we're like, yeah, we, we know. We yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. know. She's like, son of a bitch. Are you kidding me? How is, <laughs> how does that person exist in right, the universe? Right. How? Where did he and go And he was like from? one of those people. Yeah. Where did he come from? Where did this gorgeous man, <laughs> why does he need help? Why like, is he are even you here? <laughs> Oh. Why is he here? Why does he need oh, help? Does he need a hug? <laughs> Inv- <laughs> invite him to cuddle fest. <laughs> <laughs> He's welcome oh, to come to cuddle God. fest. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, he was one of those. He oh was one of those God. people, and uh, yeah, and. <laughs> You know what? Like, this is why I say, like, my demisexualness, like, saved me. Because I definitely felt that energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's coming from a trauma, a trauma, a trauma response. Probably, Just yeah. like, and he's one, one of those people he, like, doesn't know how attractive he is. Aww, you know? One of those even who, like, better. Why, why, why are, like, even what is better. wrong with all these people? <laughs> yeah. It's why like, are they all drooling? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he was like that. I, so I don't cute. understand. Why? What? Stop! <laughs> stop! Why did you stop meeting? <laughs> stop staring! They're like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Just that like everyone's so eyes just following, <laughs> following him. like, just like magnet. <laughs> follow him after after the meeting like is That's he famous awesome. he's he's gotta be famous he's famous <laughs> that's awesome oh my god oh yeah uh, yeah like okay oh so it's god. rare it's rare yeah yeah that's funny there's this other there's this other guy that he had ha- had the same effect but he was much he wasn't i think at the time uh-huh. He must have been early fi- early fifties, so definitely like Silver Fox, and <laughs> um, and 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 I, I was friends with him, and definitely handsome for sure. He used to model in the seventies, so Ooh, he Disney. you could tell you could tell he was he you could tell he was like like yeah. hot back in yeah. the day, yeah. Because like I would I got okay. This was like another story. I got locked out of my apartment, and I was booked to speak. Uh huh. And this was East Bay. This was East Bay. I was booked to share my story. Oh, and shoot. this is the in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. And so I go I, and I lock myself out. I lock myself out <laughs> and I have to go to this meeting. I have to oh. go to this meeting. And the and the guy, mm-hmm. the attractive silver fox, was gonna pick me up. And um and I was like, fuck. 
and I'm bare, I'm like I have my socks on, and and I, I was doing. Okay, here's a, like oh, I was doing my laundry. I was doing my laundry during this time, and I knew my my friend was going to pick me up. He was coming from the East Bay to pick me up, and then we're, he was we we're going to go to the East Bay for the speaker event. Yeah, and I locked myself out. I locked myself out of my door and doing laundry, and I oh. only had like my socks on. <laughs> and like, what what am I going to do with my laundry? <laughs> so I just put it back in the laundry room, and then. Um, and then my friend picks me up and I have no keys. It's like, I got to go to the speaker event. And so he picks me up in his car. It's like, I locked myself out and I have no shoes. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. But I had my phone at least. I had my phone. No shoes, I had my phone no with service. me, thank God. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> So oh I go to this, he picks me up, he, he picks me up, I'm doing my service with no shoes on. <laughs> and so that, that's how I opened it up. It's like, hi, my, I'm Veronica, grateful member of recovery. I have no shoes on. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when you're not present. <laughs> and so, oh, I no jacket. It was also cold. I have no jacket. Oh, so after the meeting... <laughs> After the meeting, (laughs) (laughs) after the, after the, and I have no keys and it's late and it's, it's getting late. And one of my other recovery friends was like, I have a blanket in my car. Do you want a blanket? I'm like, sure. So I have no shoes. I have a blanket. (laughs) Like I'm a refugee and I'm calling my landlord. You belong here. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the I call place. my landlord. Dude, yeah, I call I call my landlord and I'm always locking myself out. This is the thing. I'm always locking myself out and I have to call my landlord to let me in the building. And, okay, at this point he was he was so fed up. Oh my god, my poor landlord. So he's like he's like like being terse with me. He's like, "Veronica, I can't keep on opening the building for you he's like i was about to go to the bars and drink and have a good time i was like i'm sorry <laughs> you're ruining it oh and so then my funny. friend the silver the silver fox the silver fox is, is like i ha- he he's able to hear what the landlord is telling me he's like yelling at me and uh-huh. he starts getting mad like fucking oh. asshole like uh-huh. yelling at you and, and and it's like it was just bad so I'm not able, I'm not able to, to come. I'm not able to come open the door. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, I'll figure something out. So, um, so my friend, (laughs) yeah, he did. He, we, we stayed at, he, we went to his place and he slept on the couch and I slept in his room and I'm nervous. I've, this is my first time like being in a house and he didn't have a creepy vibe, so I'm like, oh god, I hope nothing happens. But still, I locked the door. I, yeah, I locked. Yeah. I locked the door, and <laughs> and and was able to like sleep, in in sleep. And oh, this is when he was like, oh, do you want to see my modeling book? I used to do modeling. I'm like, okay, it's so <laughs> his portfolio from like his what, modeling 1980s? portfolio. 70s <laughs> seven, in the 70s and i was like oh Before my god I was born. 
Yeah. Like, oh my God, he was hot. I bet. Like swimsuit yeah. pics and other pictures. Like, oh my God, you're handsome. Nice. So, so if you look at him now, like, yeah, like he must have been an actor. Like, if you look at him now, it's like, yeah, you did stuff before. Yeah. Like, I could, yeah. I could, I could tell. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he looked like he could been in Mad Mad Men. You know that show, Mad Men. Yeah. 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 He could have been one of those guys, like a okay. Don Draper. Oh, nice. Like a younger, like mm-hmm. just one of those guy, those those admin. Like he looked like one of those guys executive from the show people. Mad Men. Yeah, executive people, like handsome executive, like like type. He looked like one how of those. Cool. Uh, those guys. But anyway, that's how. So the so handsome guy from San Francisco. How everyone was just like ah. My friend from the East Bay was having that effect in the East Bay. Yeah. The the East Bay Fellowship. Right. So, 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 uh, so like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like rare, rare to see like, like handsome. <laughs> I've yes. seen more, more handsome guys like I now, know. but at the time, yeah, like at the time, at there's the time it was lot. rare. Yeah. Cause there's more it, women, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is so funny. So, <laughs> my journey's been interesting. Yeah, it just varies. Because I was with the like silver fox person briefly, <laughs> <laughs> out of control. But uh, this weekend was interesting. I don't know. I'm gonna see how things go. Are you Are you dating right now? No, I mean, I'm not official with anyone, but I have to. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't know how to date, but I do tend to go backwards sometimes, you know, to people yeah. I'm comfortable with. Yeah, but it's not yeah. much more. I think I have like um. I'd rather like I wanna I wanna have the whole thing, you know. I wanna have that life partner, you know. But I don't know yeah. how to go about it. Then part of me is like, nah, just go take some pole dancing classes and go fuck the world. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something's about to fall out. Right? It already always does yeah. anyways. It it likes to pop out. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? They don't want to stay right? in. Yeah. I think it's true that what they say, like, just focus on your on yourself and, like, you know, don't think about it. It'll, it'll happen when you least ex- expect it, which yeah. I, I hate. But maybe it's true. There's some truth to that. Like, that's how I found my octopus. <laughs> where that came out of the blue i w- i wasn't that came out of the blue i wasn't looking for that it just like it appeared no so. I, well and that's what my see a lot of my friends and sisters and family who have who are now married you know they waited mm-hmm. or they didn't they weren't looking they weren't going out there and looking like the person came after they had some time taking care of themselves and this is like mm-hmm. me for the first time in a long time ever being by myself, you know, completely. Cause I've always had someone kind of there, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, getting comfortable in that part. But sometimes when I want to act out, I just want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Reel it back in. Reel it back in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think I'm pretty, like, I... I, I'm pretty grateful because, like, I have a good job. I have a good life, you know. I have good people around me. Even in this transition and as I go through this change. Yeah. It's interesting. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Life I think is that's funny. a good... Yeah. That's a you good would. part. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good that's a good way to good <coughs> way to me. end this end this episode. Um before we we leave, uh trying on a new thing as part of the format. Um mm-hmm. what what are your favorite things to do while on a budget? My favorite things to do while on a budget. I like camping. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I don't know. You know, visiting the water, going to the beach. I love being by the water. Yeah, taking a drive to the beach if I can. Cool. So if you like this episode, you can um, give it five-star rating. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode... um, yeah. And you can get me on my website, vcomedy.com, V-E-E-C-O-M-E-D-Y. All my contact information is on the show notes. And if anyone wants a personal video message from me, I am on Cameo. Get me on Cameo. Thank you so much, Vans, for Thank coming you. on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>